educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Yes, and welcome aboard to the Wednesday Show. Uh, we're delighted that you chose to uh, to tune us in. Here I am. <laughs> Did I mess you up, Johnny? Yeah, you already thrown me off guard, but we're, we're good now. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Well, as uh, long as we're into it, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. I uh, may have had a brain fart there, but uh, it's good to be here. I've, I've had a good day today. Today is my Thursday. Yeah. And uh, that's not necessarily a good thing, because I, I love doing what I do here, but... Uh, you know, the week's almost over. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, it's so hump day. Yeah. Where, where I'm missing Friday Afternoon Club this Friday, I still might need to participate just where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> you can always phone it in, Johnny. Well, that's so, true, too. Yeah, you won't be at the board. You won't be in control, but you can always phone it in. But your show will be in good hands with Steve. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, educate, inform, entertain five days a week. That's what we do. That's what we strive to do. Truth over tribalism, principles over partisanship, uh, five days a week. We hope you uh, uh, tune in uh, all five days. You get a red star if you tune in all five days. Um, uh, but it is 510 on Wednesday, November 1st. Another beautiful fall day here in the capital city. Um, and uh, if you are not following us on the Twitter, excuse me, X, formerly known as Twitter, and the Facebook pages, we'd invite you to follow along because... Uh, yeah, I posted a few things today, and I'll get to one story here in a moment. But uh, just picking up from our conversation yesterday with Congressman Don Bacon uh, and talking about the war and uh, uh, just the atrocious uh, activities that's going on. You know, war is awful, obviously. It's, uh, uh, you know, you kill kill people and break things. That's what wars are about. And uh, uh, But, boy, there's just a continued overflow of uh, of. Of, of treating people uh, who are not even in that country uh, in 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 very terrible terms, and uh, I noticed I reposted this on the <clears throat> on the Twitter page this afternoon. Uh, Omaha Scanner, which is a a, a Twitter, excuse me, X account that I can't keep it. I can't I can't stop it, Johnny. I keep calling it Twitter. Uh, anyway, some suspicious powder was found at the Jewish Community Center in Omaha today. And uh, uh, this, uh, I didn't follow up on the story, but uh, the Omaha Police Department, or excuse me, the Omaha Fire Department uh, uh, responded and was checking it out. So I didn't, I didn't follow up on that story to see what happened. But uh, everybody's on edge. Uh, the whole world is seemingly uh, on edge. So anyway, if you missed that conversation with Congressman Don Bacon yesterday on the show, uh, you can always catch us on your favorite podcast platform anytime you like. Uh, but an important issue, and, and was glad to have the congressman on, and and uh, all of our federal delegation uh, welcome any time on the show. We have uh, Congressman Mike Flood from here in Lincoln uh, on from time to time, and and so always welcome for all of our elected officials uh, to join us. But the other story uh, on that I put on the uh, uh, the X page this afternoon, a breaking story from our friends at. Flatwater Free Press, uh, and you know uh, our friends at Flatwater Free Press aren't afraid to poke the bear. You know, a couple weeks ago it was the governor, and uh, well, let me just read a little bit from this story if you don't mind. Uh, uh, so, Flatwater Free Press, remember you can find anytime you like flatwaterfreepress.org. No paywall, 
you know, some of the best investigative journalism uh, in the state. Uh, here's the headline memo. UNO athletics lacked fiscal discipline, needed cash infusions while led by Trev Alberts. Uh, this is by Sarah Getzler and uh, Natalia Amadari uh, to uh, uh, reporters for Flatwater Free Press. Uh, the, the lead says a historical lack of fiscal discipline, a lack of monitoring of projected budgets, funds improperly disguised as revenue alongside an allegation that donors and university leaders were misled on financial details. An internal memo doesn't mince words, the story says. The University of Nebraska at Omaha's athletic department finances remain in a precarious state, and they have been for years, the six-page memo alleges. Most of it occurred under the leadership of Trev Trev Alberts, now the University of Nebraska-Lincoln athletic director. Um... The story goes on to say, at UNL, Alberts is now leading one of the bo- one of the biggest fundraising projects in state history, a high-profile $450 million renovation of Memorial Stadium, and at UNO, uh, three big infusions of unbudgeted university support, including more than $7 million in COVID-19 money, have failed to pull Maverick Athletics out of the red, the memo says. And uh, so now a range of budget cuts are on the table, including layoffs and the possible elimination of further UNO sports. So I won't bother uh, reading the rest of this online. You can certainly go, uh, or on air, you can certainly go on and read it yourself. But, uh, uh, yeah, a breaking story uh, from Flatwater Free Press questioning um, Trev Alberts and his uh, leadership of UNO uh, while he was there and some questions about um, uh, some funding. So anyway, uh, I suspect we'll be talking about that more. I always make that decision uh, on Friday afternoon with Matthew Hansen, uh, editor of Ma- of uh, Flatwater Free Press, on what we're going to cover uh, on the Monday show. So this certainly is uh, uh, is a good candidate, I'll tell you that. Uh, so once again, uh, our friends at Flatwater Free Press aren't afraid to... Uh, to take on the big dogs. So we'll, we'll continue to follow that and keep you informed. And um, uh, the other thing I wanted to chat about that's on my mind this afternoon, you've heard me talk before about uh, next year being a very historic election in our nation and uh, right here in Nebraska. Uh, there are uh, two, the uh, first time in my memory, first time maybe in state history, uh, that both United States Senate races are going to be up for election and uh in addition to the congressional seats and um uh and uh the second uh probably most important and most uh, watched uh election next year will be uh, some of the ballot issues and so i wanted to uh, take a little bit of time to remind you of those uh, ballot issues uh, that may or may not so far the only one that <clears throat> has qualified uh, for the ballot for next year is the uh, uh, the uh, the effort to stop Nebraska's new tax credit for funding uh, scholarships to private K through 12 schools. Um, so that has qualified and will be on the ballot uh, next year, a year from now. Well, here we are in November, so uh, that's why I wanted to start talking about this because uh, you know uh, it's an and and you know people have called. 
uh, that petition effort, uh, the second house. You know, we have the one house, obviously, legislature uh, here in Nebraska, and the check of that one house is the the ballot uh, box, the ballot petition initiative process here in Nebraska. So anyway, we'll go through a few of those just to remind you of uh, what's out there. And there's a brand new one in a story in Nebraska Examiner I want to talk about. So anyway, come on back after these messages and we'll chat about uh, ballot issues on uh, uh, in, uh, in the 2024 race. Come on back and join us. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN, and welcome back to Hump Day. Uh, it's Wednesday, November first, first day of the month, and uh, yeah, boy, Thanksgiving and the holidays are just right around the corner, and so here we go, uh, November in Nebraska. What a great, uh, what a great month, and. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're glad you uh, stuck around to uh, join us uh, uh, as we continue on the conversation here today. Let me tell you what's coming up uh, after the break. Uh, Brian Seck, Executive Director of Lincoln Literacy, uh, will be in studio joining us. They've got a uh, an event coming up next week that we're going to chat about, and I've not had a chance to have Brian on. Uh, I love the work that Lincoln Literacy does in this city. and uh, So anyway, that's coming up uh, after the bottom of the hour. Uh, after the news. Uh, but in the meantime, I just wanted to kind of go through the list. I went back to the Secretary of State's uh, webpage today just to remind myself of how many petitions are in circulation uh, potentially to be on the ballot next year uh, in the 2024 election, one year from today, or one year from this week uh, will be our election uh, next year. And so here are the <clears throat> here are the ballot issues that have been filed and are out uh, collecting signatures uh, to see if they uh, make it on the ballot next year. And I'll just go through the list. I don't know if this is in order of, it doesn't look like it's alphabetical order. So anyway, I don't know how these are listed. If it listed of uh, the ones that have been uh, there the longest. Uh, anyway, I'll just go through them. Nebraska Cannabis Constitutional Amendment. Now, that is not the medical marijuana. This is uh, the full-blown uh, recreational uh, marijuana uh, initiative. Uh, it's called the Nebraska Cannabis Constitutional Amendment. So it would be a constitutional amendment that would legalize uh, cannabis uh, for recreational use in Nebraska. So there's one. Uh, and we haven't heard a lot about that yet, but um, we'll keep track of it for you. Uh, the next one on the list and again, this is on the Nebraska Secretary of State's uh, uh, website. Uh, consumption or excise tax constitutional amendment. Uh, one of the reasons I uh, brought this up today is uh, people are starting in the business community, starting to talk about a couple of these. Um, and the other one is right below it, grocery items exemption constitutional amendment. So as I understand, I haven't looked into these. I haven't read the language. I've just kind of glanced at it. But both of these, uh, I believe, are going to be fairly controversial of upending and changing the way we tax. Uh, we collect taxes here in the state. And one of them uh, has to do with excise taxes, and the other one has to do with uh, grocery items that are exempt. Uh, and so We'll keep track of those, but I'm just starting to hear amongst uh, some in the business community that these are pretty, uh, pretty extreme. Uh, I I don't want to use the word extreme, but pretty. Um, uh, what's another word <laughs> other than extreme? Uh, 
they're going to be controversial. Let's just put it that way. Anytime you start messing with the tax structure, uh, there's going to be winners and losers. And uh, so I'm starting to hear some rumbling about that. So anyway, those are two uh, additional uh, petitions that are in circulation around the state right now. Another one is the Nebraska Human Life Protection uh, Initiative. Human Life. And I'm sorry, I don't even know what that is. I thought I knew some basics about all these, so I'll come back to that one. The next two are the medical cannabis uh, initiative. Uh, that is, you've probably heard uh, us talk about that here on the show. Uh, one is, uh, they both have to do with medical cannabis, uh, legalizing uh, uh, cannabis for medical use uh, here in Nebraska. And there's two petitions because last time they tried to get on the ballot, uh, it was thrown out by the courts because they had uh, two uh, topics in the language, and the courts threw that out, uh, the, the exception of just having uh, uh, focusing on one topic. Uh, and so anyway, there's two petitions that those that organization is uh, circulating uh, that would legalize medical cannabis in the state. Uh, the other one is Paid Sick Leave Initiative, and that's been around, uh, I think, for most of the summer. I've seen those circulators out uh, working hard. But the new one, uh, so this is a story by Paul Hamill, uh, Nebraska Examiner, uh, just yesterday, uh, about abortion rights. And so the headline is, Abortion Rights Advocates File Initiative Petition Language, uh, but their mum on its exact content. Uh, and one senator, this is a subhead, one senator warns that unless polling shows 60% support for a proposal, uh, it's an unserious effort uh, that could inspire more restrictive bans. And so let me just walk you through this a little bit. Uh, and again, this is uh, from our friends at Nebraska Examiner. Uh, Paul Hamill wrote this story. Uh, the other nonprofit newsroom in the state that I encourage you to, uh, to read. Again, no paywall. They give their news away. Uh, but here's the headline, or that was the headline. Here's the lead. Uh, Planned Parenthood officials filed their proposed language Tuesday for an initiative to restore abortion rights that they hope will be placed on the 2024 ballot in Nebraska. But for now, exactly what proposal voters may see will remain secret, in part due to a state law that allows such language to remain confidential for up to 15 days while it undergoes a review by the state legislature's bill drafter's office. Uh, the story goes on to say, organizers of the petition drive say it will, quote, restore our rights for access to abortion, but one veteran senator, an abortion rights supporter, warned that pushing the envelope too far might, quote, do more harm than good, uh, and deciding which abortion rights proposals to put on a petition is a high-stakes, multi-million-dollar question. It will help determine whether enough signatures can be gathered to qualify it for the ballot and whether it would eventually draw enough votes to pass. So I assume all of you, unless you've been <laughs> living under the rock, uh, our <clears throat> United States uh, Supreme Court uh, threw out uh, Roe v. Wade, which would have been uh, the law of the land for uh, more than 50 years here in America, <clears throat> excuse me, that allowed... Um, access to abortion uh, uh, allowed states to uh, restrict uh, abortion uh, how they saw fit, um, but there was a right in um, in 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 America to uh, to have that uh, procedure, and so that was thrown out. 
by the Supreme Court, and now uh, some states have gone and tried to write their own law uh, to supersede uh, federal law uh, to bring back some of those rights for abortion. And frankly, they've had some success. Uh, you may recall Kansas uh, last, I believe it was last year, uh, had, again, it was a petition initiative in Kansas. Uh, and again, Kansas is not exactly a liberal state. Um, uh, they they restored some of those abortion rights uh, in the state of Kansas. So other states are now looking at that and uh, and uh, considering whether to uh, uh, to do that. So Nebraska is one of those states now. Uh, there's been uh, language filed, and uh, and so but they're being mum about um, what exactly uh, that petition may uh, say. And here are the three options uh, as outlined in this Nebraska Examiner's uh, story. An all-out all right to abortions would be one uh, option. Sixteen states have significant uh, abortion protections. Those include seven states in the District of Columbia, which have no restrictions on abortion. Uh, the second option would be a 20-week ban on abortions. That was the state law until this spring when the state legislature passed and Governor Pillen signed a 12-week ban. Uh, a third choice would be a ban based on fetal viability, which is typically considered to be six months of pregnancy or about 20 to 24 weeks. Uh, in Ohio, voters will be deciding in, in November uh, if that state is allowed to restrict abortion before a fetus reaches viability. Um, so no matter what the proposal abortion rights forces present, is it is expected to be an expensive political campaign with spending estimates ranging up to $10 million per side. I know it's a controversial issue. We're going to cover it. Uh, we're going to talk about it because it's important to uh, to all of us. And so, anyway, so there's a little review. Uh, we'll be right back after the news on 1499.3 KLI. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to Hump Day. We're delighted that you stuck around to uh, join us here in the second half of the show. Uh, and remember, if you miss anything at all, if you missed the Don Bacon, Congressman Bacon conversation yesterday um, uh, that uh, Chase Porter has been talking about on the news, uh, find us anytime you like on your favorite podcast platform. Or just go to KLIN.com and scroll down on Dan Parsons' page and find the episode you're looking for. Uh, well, let me tell you what's 
coming up on tomorrow's show, the Lincoln Business Roundtable, our Thursday uh, adventure into uh, what's going on in the business uh, world here in Lincoln. And tomorrow we'll feature Mr. Jeff Mall from Visit Lincoln and a couple special guests, uh, Antonio Moreno uh, with the Lincoln Veterans Parade, which is coming up, and uh, Tara Knuth. Uh, from the Lincoln Children's Museum. So that's the show tomorrow, so don't miss that. And uh, and, and again, we'd encourage you to follow us on X and Facebook, uh, the channels of choice of the Dan Parsons Show, and we'll keep you informed and uh, in between shows because we only get you for an hour a day. So uh, follow us along and keep the conversation going after hours. Well, it is my delight uh, to welcome into the studio, Mr. Brian Sack, Executive Director of Lincoln Literacy. Brian, Thanks, welcome best. to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Johnny, there it is. I, I've messed up the microphones today, Brian. I told Johnny I was switching microphones, and and so... Yeah, uh, and then I had him on the other guest mic, and it was <laughs> come to find out it was your old mic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my fault. So anyway, Brian, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Brian, we've known each other for a few years. I'm so delighted to have you in the studio and, and catch up on things, because uh, you just had an anniversary of, uh, of about a year that you've been in this role. That's right. Uh, so it was... It was was one year just last week and it's been a wonderful year we've had a record-breaking number of students served from 50 different countries right here in lincoln nebraska wow and we were able to move into a, a new to us building that more than uh almost triples our square footage that we had before to provide uh, more services to students so we're we've had a great year that's good well just just hold that thought young man and let me brag about you a little bit you were previously the director of workforce development at uh, lincoln partnership for economic development our, our friends at lped that's, that's how right. we got to know each other and before that brian served as an employment skills developer at prosper lincoln and a homeless outreach specialist at uh, lincoln public schools and uh, you have deep experience supporting english language learners uh, you were a Peace Corps member. I didn't right. know that. That's yeah. very cool. Uh, you taught English and Kazakhstan. Help me out. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. It doesn't look, it doesn't pronounce how it's Kazakhstan uh, for over two years. Uh, and then you later taught English to immigrants in California and New York City. Yeah, so it's, it's been quite a journey, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm thrilled to uh, be at Lincoln Literacy. When were you in the Peace Corps? I was in the Peace Corps from basically 2004 to 2007, and I just had the absolute privilege to serve in a teacher's college. Okay. So these were uh, graduates of uh, high school, basically a community college, and so I got to teach very motivated students, mostly female, who have actually ended up being the first generation of very independent women in Kazakhstan. Many of them own their own businesses. Uh, many of them have gone on to start their own schools uh, or be principals in public schools. It's really amazing to follow them through Facebook and to see how they've taken those skills and used them to help their country grow. It's really uh, inspiring to see what, what a, they've done. What a rewarding uh, experience, it uh, is. Brian. And, and man, you are perfectly situated to uh, take on this role so congratulations on your one-year anniversary thank you so much yeah mr clay neff is a, a friend of mine uh, as you said in the pregame here those are some pretty big shoes to fill he is he he uh, really grew the organization for almost 17 years and really basically what he did is he really built out what we call the bridgeway to a better life which is really taking our classes where we start with almost no english 
all the way to a very advanced English and really helping in career navigation. So here in Lincoln, we get refugees from countries all over the world who are gynecologists and engineers, and they're working in fast food or retail because yeah. they need to pay the bills to take care of their yeah. family. And what we've really built out is a system to identify those folks and help those folks get back into their careers so that they can achieve sustainable financial livelihoods for their family, which is what everybody wants. Well, anytime I think our listeners uh, after six months know that anytime I get to brag and highlight the diversity of this city, and I think that's one of the beauties of living in Lincoln, America, is the diverse uh, tapestry of people that have come here uh, to live. And so I'm just really excited to highlight uh, what you do at Lincoln Literacy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, uh, we serve people from 50 countries. Uh, something like 80 languages that we're aware of. Uh, our staff speak 15 languages, wow. uh, which is just incredible for us to be able to communicate with our students. And we're enrolling new students every day. We've we've never had so many students in the 51-year history of no literacy. No kidding. No kidding. So, uh, because I know uh, during the Trump administration that a lot of that immigration policies were slowed or stopped, and so a lot of those immigrants... Uh, that we had this pipeline uh, through different organizations coming into Lincoln uh, was severely slowed, but we've 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 picked that back up. It sounds like that's right. Uh, two things have happened. Uh, we've seen an increased number of uh, refugees allowed into the country uh, in the last couple years, and also with Afghans and Ukrainians being yes. a huge population coming into the country that. Uh, we have brought into our classes, but also helped reintegrate into their careers. Uh, we have uh, Ukrainian folks that we've got connected at Kawasaki because they're, assist, they're um, accomplished machinists and welders. Also at Bison, uh, Nick Cusick's company has oh, hired yeah. some. Yeah. Uh, Hexagon Agility has some uh, Ukrainian folks I'm aware of. And then also uh, with our Afghans, uh, uh, many of them are doctors and lawyers and senior civil servants. So really helping them get back into their careers. So both of those populations, obviously, because of war, uh, have have come to America and and have found a home here in Lincoln. Uh, they have. Past few years. And um, we have a population of Afghans from um, post 9-11 right. who are already here. And so they're able to get connected to folks who've been here. And then we also have a population of Ukrainians that came uh, after the end of the Soviet Union in 1991. Uh, so in both situations, you have uh, some places where you can get the right food, uh, some places where you can find people that speak your language, which makes all the difference to help people feel comfortable and to uh, grow in our community. Well, I just, what are some of the other populations? We're visiting with Brian Seck uh, from Lincoln Literacy. What are some of the other populations that are uh, prevalent in the community? Sure. So our, our largest population that we serve is Latino. Yeah. Uh, so that could be really anywhere in Central and South America. That's about 38% of the students that we serve. Um, after that uh, is Iraqi students uh, who may have been here a couple of years, uh, but are still growing their English. And we still get quite a few new folks coming in, too. Um, we serve many Vietnamese students, uh, and then in addition to the Afghans and Ukrainians. And then after that, it's really everybody. Uh, we have quite a few students from French-speaking Africa, so think uh, Congo, yeah. Ghana, places like that. We also have quite a few students from Egypt, Iran, uh, different countries in the Middle East. But truly, if you walk into a Lincoln Literacy class and we teach at eight locations all around Lincoln, our idea is that anybody can walk to us. You shouldn't need a car to reach Lincoln Literacy. We teach in churches, nonprofits, uh, you name it, we'll teach there. 
uh, if you walk into one of our classes, chances are you're going to have a class of about 10 with people from eight different countries. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I want to dive into that a little bit, uh, visiting with Brian Sack and Lincoln Literacy. Uh, well, first of all, let's plug this event. Yes. Uh, you've got an event coming up next week. We sure do. Uh, so uh, the, the place to be on November 9th will be the Cornhusker Marriott from 6 to 8 p.m. We're having our annual global celebration. Uh, we'll have about 300 people there, and we hope uh, some of the listeners decide to join us. Um, we'll have uh, Dinora Garcia, who's an amazing uh, person. She's on our board. She works for the City County Health Department. She'll be a speaker. We'll have um, uh, Sangre Azteca, which is a, a youth traditional Mexican uh, dance nice. group. They're going to come and perform. And we'll also have our Afghan and Ukrainian staff members, uh, Natalia and Syra, speak a little bit about their culture, because not a lot of folks uh, know about Afghan and Ukrainian culture. So just kind of talking about that. It'll be a wonderful evening. Uh, we have uh, many wonderful sponsors led by uh, Union Bank, Aloe, Nelnet, and Chris and Joe Stone. Uh, so it should be just a great night to celebrate truly a record-breaking year for Lincoln Literacy. That's exciting. And folks, can uh, there's tickets still available? Yes, at uh, lincolnliteracy.org, uh, or you can uh, come on by our office, too. Uh, we just moved into a new building at 1023 Lincoln Mall, right across the street from the City County Building. I suspect, uh, and I want to talk about that a little bit, and maybe we have time here before we go to our break, um, that's a fairly new location. Yes, uh, so for about... 22 years, uh, Lincoln Literacy stood at the corner of 9th and G in yep. an over 100-year-old German grocery store is yes. what it originally was. Yes. And uh, that building, we had a great partnership with Speedway, so yep. we rented that building. Yep. And uh, through the city-county ARPA funds, we were able to get $700,000. Uh, and then we were on the lookout for a building um, about a year ago. And we found a building to buy. It's a beautiful two-story brick building. And we are able to fundraise about $2 million uh, since then to uh, purchase that building. Wow. And, uh, and now, we are, now we are in it. Uh, so it's, it's really exciting to be in a larger building, to be able to serve. We used to have one tiny classroom that could hold about six people. Uh, now we have four classrooms that can hold between six and ten. So it's really exponentially increased our ability to serve our students. That's exciting. Folks, we're going to take this little break, uh, but come back and join us uh, to learn more about Lincoln Literacy and Brian Sack. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back. We're so delighted you chose to stick around uh, on this Wednesday afternoon, November 1st. Let's do November. Uh, why not? Uh, Brian, you, you, you already have a beard, so you don't have to do, well, you, you always celebrate no, no, uh, no shave November or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, no shave November is no, no shave always for me. Uh, that's kind of my, my motto. And I really feel like no shave November just stole that idea from me. Yeah. So you better believe I'm doing no shave November. Johnny's in on it. It drove me nuts. I, I normally have a beard. I shaved it for my Halloween costume. So like. I, I don't like how I am clean shaved, and so uh, yeah, let's let it grow back. <laughs> uh, I I wore a mustache, Johnny, for years, and until and and I had this little uh, soul patch uh, that I. Anyway, how did we? Anyway, I started this uh, men's facial hair conversation, but let's get back to. Let, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. We'd love to fa have you uh, join us. Uh, a jam packed so, show, as you know, uh, every Thursday is our Lincoln Business Roundtable, and tomorrow we'll feature uh, Mr. Jeff Mall from Visit. 
at Lincoln, and he's bringing along a couple of really special guests. Uh, and you just heard a promo uh, on uh, in the last segment um, uh, about uh, the Lincoln Vet- Veterans Parade. And so Antonio Marino uh, will be with us to talk about the Veterans Parade, and then Tara Knuth from the Lincoln Children's Museum. So don't miss tomorrow's show, uh, the Lincoln Business Roundtable. Um, well, we're visiting with Brian Sack, Executive Director of Lincoln Literacy. And Brian, I just am so thrilled to reconnect uh, uh, with you and the great work that the Lincoln Literacy is doing. And um, so, yes, we're talking about your new office building. And my goodness, what a what a wonderful gift that was uh, for you, because you're right in the heart of the business community, but you're also in the heart of the people that you serve. That's exactly right. So uh, 1023 Lincoln Mall is our new location. Anyone who wants to come see us or knows a new American that would like to improve their English, and it's right in 68508. So that's the zip code where most of our immigrants and refugees live. Uh, Many of them walk to our classes. In fact, our building backs up to an alley in an apartment building in which several of our students live. So they can literally walk across the street and come on over to class. Um, So it's accessible. It's on the bus line. It's in the neighborhood that we serve, so it really worked out really well for us. Um, in addition to, well, let's let's one more time. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, in addition to uh, obviously uh, teaching uh, English, you also provide other services for people. That's right. So uh, a lot of folks who come to our country as an immigrant or a refugee uh, have skills and degrees from their home country. Uh, usually, those skills and degrees aren't recognized here. So if you're a medical doctor in Ghana. That's not going to be recognized here or really any country. So a lot of folks tend to get frustrated and they're like, oh, well, just let me get a job. I need to support my family. And we're 100% with that. What we also say is come to our classes. Uh, We provide career navigation, but also uh, career prep. So we have a certified nursing assistant prep program nice. to help people who have healthcare careers get back into healthcare careers and then grow. We have a wonderful partnership with Brian Health. Um, we have a manufacturing uh, partnership with the Chamber of Commerce yeah. and Helped. Yeah. Uh, and we also have a school jobs prep program to help former teachers get back into the classrooms, usually start as paras. But with LPS, those entry-level jobs come with benefits and the ability to get inside a classroom, understand how American classrooms work, and then become a teacher again. It's really been a wonderful process. We have a CDL program and then individual career pathways to help maybe somebody who was an actuary, a lawyer, a dentist, help understand how to get back into their careers. Our our business is maximizing talent. Well, and... People have heard me, our listeners have heard me drone on uh, with a lot of our guests uh, the past six months uh, about the workforce shortage. And I mean, Absolutely. that's a topic on every business's mind in this state, in this country right now. And uh, with unemployment being almost, uh, you know, negative numbers here in Nebraska, uh, that's a positive thing, but it's also a, a negative thing because most businesses, I don't care if you're flipping burgers or in the healthcare industry there's a shortage of workers and seems to me it's a no-brainer that one of the solutions the most easy solution to that is our immigration population that's exactly right so you know when you think about how can lincoln grow it's truly through our immigrant population and really one thing that's really interesting is that lincoln is 9.3 percent foreign born almost 10 percent wow that's almost thirty thousand people in our community are born in another country and live here and it's our opportunity to have those folks put down roots here, own businesses here, um, start careers here. Uh, we have a partnership with Kawasaki where we teach English to their employees on site 
on the on payroll, so they're paid to take oh, our wow. classes. We've had about seventy five people go through the class, and fourteen have since been promoted. That's great, and this is huge for Kawasaki because they want. Uh, assistant team leaders and supervisors who speak Dari and Pashto. They want their workforce to grow so they can build more products, so they can have more success in their business. Uh, we partner with 11 businesses right now where we go to the business, even at 11 p.m. or 7 a.m., to fit around their schedule. Uh, we teach at TMCO in the morning yeah. with Diane Timmy. Yeah. Uh, so we have some really amazing workforce partnerships. T- give us a maybe one success story or uh, that you can think of yeah. off the top of your head. Brian. I'd love to. So yeah. uh, we, we work with a, a doctor. Uh, she's a gynecologist from Kabul. Uh, she came over uh, when, when, when we evacuated out of Kabul. And she was a gynecologist, and she was just working a job to help her family. So she came to our classes, improved her English. Her English just grew so fast. And we got her into a position as a CNA. And now she's at Southeast Community College, who we also partner with quite a bit. And she's getting her uh, surgical tech, uh, no, sorry, radiological tech degree, which really wow. will put her into a middle class Absolutely. income. Yeah. And then she wants to be a doctor again. So she her plans are to go all the way through. We have another Afghan couple uh, who are basically the equivalent of juniors at Nebraska Wesleyan, hmm. who gave them a scholarship. Uh, and now they're basically pre-med. And so they're going to go back through and be doctors again. So we have many examples of this where we have professionals who can get back into their careers, get a financial stability quicker uh, so they can take care of their families. It's really inspiring. I'm curious of just how the process works. I mean, who are some of the organizations? How do, how do you know when people are coming? Yes. How, does, how does that work? No, th- thank you for that. I was, I was just thinking we haven't, we haven't thanked our partners enough. Yeah. So if you imagine that you're Dan Parsons and you're a refugee from Afghanistan, uh, you would go through a, a very complicated paperwork process that can take years. Some of our refugees who are here from uh, Burma, originally Myanmar, have been in Thai refugee camps for years and years and years. Um, the Afghans and the Ukrainians were expedited because of the situation, but usually it takes years to get approved. Wow. So then you come here and you either work with Lutheran Family Services or Catholic Social Services, yep. who are our federally designated refugee settlement agencies. And then you get about 90 days of cash assistance and case management. And then after that, you really need to be figuring out your life here. Wow, three so months. Three months. It's uh, three months of cash assistance. You do get Medicaid. Uh, you do get housing assistance, but I'm sure your people on your show have talked about how housing is a difficulty. So yes. finding people apartments is very challenging. But we work with all the different um, nonprofits and agencies in town. So then when Lutheran or Catholic receives a, a new refugee, they refer them to us for classes. And then we work with many nonprofits in the community through the mayor's New Americans Task Force, which makes sure that all of us who serve New Americans uh, collaborate. Brian, plug your event one more time. Okay, uh, so this is the this is the Lincoln Literacy Global Celebration on November 9th from six to eight p.m. at the Cornhusker Marriott. Uh, and I didn't say the first time that the mayor uh, will be there to speak. Wonderful, Brian Sack. Thank you very much, folks. That's the show. Now go do good things.